Hello and welcome to Knitting Shop Live, the podcast recorded live from the studio shop and warehouse at the world headquarters of Finally the Knitting Corner, located in the heart of Prospect Park. We're your hosts, Brianna, Kathy, and Stephanie. And a huge thanks to our listeners for joining us from their own corner of the world. Um, So today is going to be a part two of last week's podcast, which we did ask Kathy anything. We had a little Q&A with Kathy um, to pick her brain about some, you know, personal, professional, knitting, otherwise topics. So now it's time to grab a drink and listen up because we're about to get started. So let's start with what's on our needles since that's what we always do every podcast. Um, So this week I have been knitting on the same thing <laughs> summer soundtrack still I am actually getting a little bit bored right now that's I think part of the reason I haven't been picking it up so I have a new project in my head that I might start over the weekend just because I need something a little different to keep my motivation for the the summer soundtrack going you know I think that's so much a part of it is and part of what we probably always have more than one project going is because Sometimes one project just can get a little dull and you need that little change it up. Yeah. Change it up. So, okay. So I actually, I'm going to tell you right now in my hands, it's not a knitting needle. It is a hook. It is a crochet hook. (laughs) And uh, I am enjoying this. I, you know, this is a newfound um, ability for me. I, I don't really know this so well, but I'm learning it and we're teaching it and we're having a good time. So this is kind of a hack. But I wish we were virtual. I wish you could see this. I'm going to do a little show and tell. So I did finish and block one of the stockings. Oh, that looks so good. Where to go. But I'm really excited. I wanted to get this one done and blocked and see what I thought about everything to really get my energy to go, okay, the other three are going to be a blast. So I, I am actually really, really happy. Because you know, sometimes you have those moments in the middle of a project. Do you go, oh, I don't know. But there we are. Yeah. And then I can't remember if these were done last week, but I'm going to hold them up because they're right here now. This is the Ghostwood Mittens. Mm-hmm. They're done. I think they were done. And then the other thing, which is downstairs, is I finished Love Note this week and I wore it yesterday to it's work. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I just it love it. Amazing. It feels fabulous. So, um, actually I'm telling you what I finished, but what is going to be on my knitting needles tonight when I go downstairs is hipster, which is the shawl class we're doing and Audrey, those two items. So that's me. Awesome. Very nice. I love your snowman. I would have never thought to do snowman on the Christmas stocking. I'm taking a mental note of that. If I ever have to make another one, that's really cute. There's three more coming. So yeah, this is a really, I, I, I'm excited. So this is for the neighbors across the street. If you're listening, oh my goodness. And uh, she picked the stockings and put the motifs and everything together. So they'll be four. Adorable. Awesome. All right. Oh, my turn. That's right. I'm next. Natalie's not here. I'm just waiting for Natalie to start talking. Um, So (laughs) I have been working on the cable blanket that I have been talking about since March. but what I did this morning, because this is a Christmas gift and I only have so many days left, is because um, we we were sick in our family last week, just a head cold, nothing crazy. Um, and so I lost a week of knitting. So I really needed to get my head wrapped around how many days I have left that I need to knit to get this blanket done in time for Christmas. So this morning I laid it down. I measured out how many more inches I have to go. I have to go 20 more inches. 
which sounds crazy. However, I also figured out that I, if with four rows, I knit an inch. Yeah. Um, so I only have to do this 20 more days. If I can do four rows every single night for 20 more days. So it's just nice to kind of get a, a little plan in action. So in my notebook, I noted like one through 20. So every time I do four more rows, I'm just going to mark it down that I only have 19 more days, 18 more days. And mm-hmm. kind of, kind of Brianna, I'm just like you, I've been knitting on this since March and I love it. I love the cables. I love it's keeping me. It's very interesting. Um, I'm a little sleep deprived these days as everybody knows. So it's a little hard sometimes to stay focused on those cables, but it's, it's starting to get a little bit old too. Like I'm ready to move on to another project. So having that countdown, like one to 20, like 20 more days. And then I just have to do the edging, which is nothing. And I'm done. Um, So I did that. And then my car project is still my son's Christmas stocking, which may or may not end up my Christmas. Sorry. And, um, then my, (laughs) it should, it should, it's almost done. It's, um, um, and then I prepped my knitting for my vacation that I have coming up and I'm going to be working on the bolster pillow, which I talked about before when I went to the Poconos, I think that is such a great portable project because you, if you cast on and you have your markers in place, you can sit down and talk to somebody at the same time you're working on that bolster pillow. And it's so portable. So if anybody is going away for the um, holidays coming up and you're thinking of something to do, I highly suggest you prep your bolster and you're ready for that. That's That's a really good idea. Yeah. Stephanie, you you are like locked and loaded with these great ideas. I'm going to have to try the, the, the countdown, even though my project doesn't have a a due date on it. I have my own goal of when I would like to have it by. So I'm, I might sit down and do that this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a mental plan. Yeah. And the, the taking the time to make the plan and then go, well, that was worth it. Cause now I can see my progress. I love it. A plan is a great thing. So good. Awesome. All right. Well, are we ready to jump into our part two of ask Kathy anything? Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yes, me too. So because there was so many, we last week when we did part one, we had so many questions that people sent in that it it was way too much for just one podcast. So we did split them in half. So this is a continuation of last week's podcast. Um, Same thing, Stephanie and I will just be like popcorning each other with questions and um, Kathy is going to answer them. And she hopefully has no idea what these questions are. So we'll jump into it, right? Let's go. Before we jump, can I just do one quick thing here? I I have no idea of any of the questions. I did not look at anything. But last week when we did our first um, installment of this, the first half of the questions, and I I was just, I really enjoyed everything about it. And I went downstairs and I was talking with Ed and telling him about all the great questions and just a great opportunity to talk and share and remember and and all of that. And one of the questions that we had was, I think it was from Annie, what are my five favorite memories? Mm -hmm. So I told him what, you know, what my answers were. I shared that with him. And then he reminded me of a few more. I'm like, well, I'm going to ask if I can just add four more memories (laughs) because I don't know, maybe I'm going to have to do this every week. Can I get four more memories? Well, that's good because Annie would like to, would like you to tell us three more favorite shop memories. Oh, okay. Well, I've got no. four now, so I'll, I'm going to take a, a do not pass go or something. I'm, get, I'm taking my own wild card. So the four more memories are the trade show, going to the trade show, every single one of them. The first one I went to was with Gusty. 
Um, we were like newbies and we were just there on the heels of every rock star knitter out there. It was a blast. Um, another time I went to several of them. One time I went with Carol, our bookkeeper, and that was a whole new experience. And that was a lot of fun. Of course, it was in um, Columbus where Ohio State is. And Carol is a Penn State, very loyal, deep-rooted Penn State alumni. So being in Ohio State territory with Carol was quite an experience. And then my favorite, my very favorite um, trade memory was the road trip. Brianna, Natalie, and me driving across the state of Pennsylvania to Ohio. What, at five o'clock at night, we left on our road trip and, um, oh, it was great. And finding our Airbnb and, and, and Phyllis joining us. And that was just like, I, that was such a great weekend. We never stopped. We never stopped. So I have to say, I'm going to add one more favorite. It is the trade shows. Another favorite memory are uh, our birthday parties at the Vintage Hall, July 15th, every year throwing our own birthday party. I have to say, well, I, I'm going to miss that because I felt like I got two birthdays every year. So I think I'll just continue to celebrate the shop's birthday, even though it's not going to get any older. And then, and this is what Ed also mentioned, stitch and pitch, the baseball games. I mean, th this is like when you start to think back of what we were, what we did, what we experienced, uh, it was just so much fun. And this, none of this has, none of this is about a knitting project. This is all the things that we did, the experiences that we had, the memories that we made. So stitch and pitch. And of course, he reminded me of the opportunity that I had when I threw out the first pitch at the ball game. And that was so cool, you know, just getting, I think he was, I know he was as excited as I was because we got to go down, I guess they call it into the bowels of Citizens Bank Park, like where the ball players come out and walk out onto that field and then look up. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about that was they put your picture on the Jumbotron. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and it makes you wider. If it could make you taller, I'd be happy, but it makes you wider. It's like those those funny mirrors that they used to have in like um, arcades and stuff like yeah. that in music parks. Yeah, this was the wide camera. And um, and then this is this is the this is number four. Our memories of our friend Bitsy. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I and so many great memories as we sat together and we knit together and just everything about our Bitsy. So I wanted to just jump in there because these I these have been in my heart. And I, I'm going to tell you that probably by next week, there's going to be four more memories that I just have to share no matter what our topic is. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Ask me anything now. <laughs> that was the first question. Yeah, that was the one that worked for Annie. Annie wanted to know more. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, you want to ask the next one? Certainly. So I'm going to jump down to Christmas stockings um, because we were talking about that. We were talking about knitting and we have two different questions here for Christmas stockings. The first one's from Marie and it's how many times have you knit the Christmas stocking? And then kind of a similar one. So I'm going to say it at the same time from Julie is how did your, how did your mom knit all the Christmas stockings between Thanksgiving and Christmas year after year. So kind of like a playoff, like how many did you do? And then with your mom and how many, how did she do it? All right. So I'm going to take Julie's question first. Um, and then I'm going to go to Marie's question. So 
how did my mother knit all those stockings from Thanksgiving to Christmas? I, I can't even tell you. All I, all I can remember is that we always knew as a family, particularly my dad and I, I think we're the two most affected by this um, because my sister was married and out of the house and my brother, he's a boy, you know, gosh. Um, but we just knew that the Monday after Thanksgiving, hold on, there will be no, not that my mother was a cook, but there was, you know, sandwiches were every night dinner. Um, there was no cleaning. There was, there was very little decorating um, until those stockings were done. So she just carried her knitting with her every minute of every day. She did work. She worked full-time, of course, as the school secretary, but I can guarantee that she was at lunchtime sitting and knitting on those stockings. Um, on her way to work, my dad drove her, even though she could have walked because she needed to knit every time she was in the car, she was knitting. And then every night when she came home, that's what my mom was doing. It was, it was her running it. We would get like crazy for her. Like, why are you creating this stress? And blah, blah, blah. But she loved it. She thrived on it because my mom, God love her. She is the woman who wanted to make everybody's dreams come true. If you told me the night before Christmas that you wish you had a Christmas stocking You're getting to hang up for that baby. She would have stayed up all night knitting it. Now me on the other hand, I'd be like, I'll get back to you next year. <laughs> Probably should have let me know back in July. <laughs> exactly. me sooner. So that was who my mom was and that's what she did. And um, it was, uh, you know, she did it. So that's what she did. Um, so how many have I knit? Uh, I did six that was from my brother's family. I did one for my mom, one for my dad, not my, not my dad, I'm sorry, my Aunt Betty, one for um, a shop sample. So I think that brings me to nine. I really haven't knit that many Christmas stockings. And now I'm knitting four for the neighbors across the street. So that's gonna bring me to 13. Um, but I wanted to answer Julie's question first and then tag Marie's onto that because what I did is I, when I realized that, yes, it was now my time to become the Christmas stocking knitter to replace my mom. Um, what I did is I wanted to carry on a tradition that when people look at these stockings, they will know, oh, that's a stocking that Edna knit or, oh, that's a stocking that Kathy knit. So my mom knit stockings using a technique called intarsia. So they had really traditional motifs on them. And I do... Uh, the tradition of knitting that I use for my stockings is the fair aisle. So um, that was something that I kind of wanted to make sure that I love the fact that we like to carry on family traditions. So my tradition is that I continue to knit Christmas stockings, but I also wanted to define who my mother was and who Kathy was. Um, so that's who we are. That's my answer. Oh, I like I that question. Okay. All right. I'm ready. All right. So this is um, kind of going off of um, talking about your mom. So Julie wants to know who taught your mom to knit and do you know when she started knitting? Yes, I, I, I love to share this information. So my mother learned to knit from her mother. My mother's mother is, was first generation. She came to the States. I don't know the circumstances of how she came here, but what I do know is that she was 15 years old. I know that um, from Lossiemouth, Scotland, which is a fishing town. And um, she evidently was a wonderful knitter, like 
most of the young women were there. I mean, it was literally, they were knitting for the fishermen as they were out at sea. So she truly was you know, part of that tradition. Um, and so she came here when she was 15. I don't know those circumstances. Unfortunately, I didn't know my grandmother. My mom's mother passed when she was rather young. Her, you know, she was in her twenties, but you know, my mom, uh, and she would be the first one to tell you, never really had those conversations with her mom to know enough about all the details that would be the history of our family, but that's okay. So anyway, my grandmother came here. My grandmother, of course, married um, my pop-up, my mother's father, and my grandmother actually spoke Gaelic. She didn't speak English, although Gaelic, you know, Scottish, Scotland does speak English, but Gaelic is their, I guess, um, their language. So she didn't really speak English. And it was my mother who um, would read all of the patterns to her mother so that she could follow instructions as needed. So my mother's mother taught her to knit. I'm pretty sure I remember my mother telling me too that she was like probably about six, seven or eight years old. And it was then my mother who continued to really grow with it by reading instructions that were written in English to her mother who did not, uh, could not read English. My grandmother, you know, um, she didn't have that knowledge. So yeah, I always love that story. And my mom had two other sisters and a brother, but it was my mother who was the knitter. My other two aunts were not as interested as my mom. And I'm just so grateful that she had that interest and it, it's continued on. All right. That's my story. That's, I so, love that. I, yeah. I didn't know that. That's news to me. <laughs> yep, that's my story. And my grandmother's name, I just love it, was Wilhelmina McKenzie. So Ooh. Wilhelmina McKenzie, and they called her Minnie. And uh, she was evidently quite a feisty, fun woman um, from the stories that my mother would tell me. So yep, yeah, that's right. Okay. Very cute. Well, speaking of knitting for the fishermen, Kim would like to know about the Gansey pattern. Is there more than one pattern? And if so, will it be available for purchase on the website? So I think that's our Gansey. Correct. So, you know, that, that is our original design. We, we, of course, have taken elements from other designs, but we actually put it together with the welded bottom, the vents, the side seam execution, um, the yoke. That is exclusively a pattern of finally of the knitting corner and will not be available um, any longer. Uh, the pattern was really, just to explain that a little bit more, the pattern was really written as an instructional tool for our workshops. So I have never felt that it was a pattern that could simply be purchased and done, you know, worked on independently without being a participant in a workshop because writing patterns for workshop is a slightly different twist to it. You're writing it from the educational component that just doesn't um, flow without a teacher behind it, I guess. So of course, you know, that would be something that I should have been working on over all these years because it would be a lovely pattern to be able to share, but it will not be available. Although there are many other Gansies out there and we can certainly make recommendations on them. Uh, one of my favorite collection of Gansies is by Yankee Knitters. They have, they're very classic. They do need to be seamed, but I think they're wonderful. 
their yeah. band collection. Yeah. I like the look of, of their, their design. Yeah. Re really nice and straight and yeah. All right. All right. So, um, this is two separate questions, but, um, they, they basically are the same thing. So Helen wants to know, what is the first adventure you plan on partaking in when you retire? And Annie would like to know your top five things you want to do in your next chapter. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Annie's all about her numbers. Yeah. She's like, I need to know at least five things. So I want to just, this is so funny. So I am sitting here and, and again, we're on podcast. So our listeners can't see us, but we can see each other. And you know that my life always revolves around a spiral bound notebook. Actually, as you know, that's where the Knitting Chef started, um, was in an orange spiral bound notebook back when I was in my traditional job with Charles Schwab. I started to write my dreams and my thoughts and my wishes and everything we've ever done at the Knitting Shop is in the notebook pretty much. So in my current notebook, which happens to be black, I mean, it's kind of scary. Um, I just wrote on the back cover, I think I did it yesterday. Can you see this? It says 2022. And there, oh, yeah. is there. there is a list there. Um, this is how much my world revolves around a spiral bound notebook. I actually have here, and this has got to go back to one of our original shop notebooks. Do you remember this, Brianna? The back cover of the notebook that had all of our vendors. I'm pretty sure it was binder clip to another notebook. <laughs> Well, it travels from spiral bound to spiral bound. My world is a spiral bound notebook. So here's, okay, these are in no order, but the first five things that I have on my list are walking. I think Annie, if she asks these questions, she'll <laughs> yoga, lunch dates. I am looking She's gonna to appreciate that. all of those. Yeah, <laughs> knit along and knit away. Um, so those are activities and then, you know, other things that I have on here. Can I just rattle them off real quick? Cause I literally wrote them down, um, volunteering and they have some places that we are really hoping that we're able to be volunteers. Um, the transplant house at Penn is very high on our list. Um, the xylophone, remember my glockenspiel? I still want to take xylophone lessons. I want to wear a yellow chiffon dress to my recital playing my Glock my xylophone, like I'm on the um, Lawrence Welk show. There was this yeah. amazing woman. Okay, I wanna be able to go to the library every week. I'm gonna do some paint by number. Uh, archery, lacrosse games, both for my nephews at FDU and our niece at Drexel. Play dates, I had a play date this morning, by the way. <laughs> um, baking cookies, I never wanna buy a store-bought cookie again. And um, really also high on our list is healthy cooking, which I've been able to start to do more and more. And we see the benefits of that, Ed and I do. So, okay. But then I have this other list of things I want to knit. Do you want to hear that or should I hold Gosh. back? So that can be question part two of this. What are <laughs> yeah. you going to knit in retirement? Okay, here we go. This is what's on my list so far. Three sweaters for me, one sweater for Ed, a sweater for my brother, socks. I need new socks. I just realized this year when I was switching my clothes, um, a granny square. Oh, this is not, I'm going to knit this. I'm going to repair the granny square blanket that my grandmother made, especially from the class that we're doing right now on crochet. I'm so excited now to really put my hands on that and make that wonderful. That 
that's not my mom's mom. That is my dad's mother, my Nana, who made that. Um, I want to make another rambling rose blanket. And then I just added this today. I want to try to make two crochet blankets. This, this chevron pattern for um, my neighbors. For my, I love those kids, Amelia and Everett. So anyway, that's on my list. That's what I've got going so far. Do you think I love to be able to do all of that? <laughs> and it's written down. It's I right love here. That. We go to the library every week. It's awesome. It's such oh. a relaxing thing to do. It is. I, you know, I, the few times that Ed and I do go, I can see more and more like going in there and, and spending more time and browsing. And yeah, libraries. And they awesome. have events too. Like they have yoga in the park and it's a really nice community thing to do. Libraries are amazing. And every time I walk out of a public library, I go to myself and this is all free. Mm -hmm. God love that Ben Franklin. This is off. Was it Ben Franklin? Ben Franklin? I think so. Oh, with yeah. the libraries? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. That's, oh. I have a few plans. Top five. Okay. Here we go. All right. Um, let's go down to Jean would like to know, what is your favorite baby blanket to knit and with what brand of yarn? Wow, my favorite baby blanket to knit. I am going to go with my favorite baby blanket is by Elizabeth Smith. It is the stripe one. Oh, I have to look up the name of that. Um, and the pattern was written for Vintage Chunky, which I do love it out of Vintage Chunky. I've done two of them out of Vintage Chunky. I also really like it out of Ultra Wool Chunky now as well which ultra wool chunky gets super soft when you have, you know, after you put it through the washer and dryer, it just softens right up. And I am right now, as I am talking, trying to see if I can find the name of that. It is by Elizabeth Smith Knits. It's all garter stitch. Can either of you guys think of that name? I'm looking right now to see if I can find it. I am, thank goodness for Ravelry. What an amazing thing that is. So I'm right now in my uh, Ravelry favorites as people, as we're listening. And we have some things that we've put into bundles and in those bundles are blankets. And that's not a very good folder there. It doesn't have it there. <laughs> um, anyway, if it comes back to me or if, the person who asked this question would like to email me. I would be happy to look it up and give them the exact name. It's just not right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I remember what it looks like, but I can't even think of the name of it. Yeah, it's a very, um, it's just so relaxing to make. And that's something I really like to do when I'm knitting for babies, especially. I, I want to enjoy and put as much relaxation into this blanket as I hope it brings them a peace, a calm. It is called Simply Stripes Baby Blanket by Elizabeth Smith Knits. It's cute. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. And it is really just, it, it kind of makes you relax enough to go. And that's what this blanket will do for the baby. So yeah, that's my um, well, we just have a handful of questions left, so we're we're working towards the end here. So um, my next question is from Julie, and she wants to know, how did you and Ed meet? Oh, wow. <laughs> I love these personal questions. Oh, my God. 
ask Kathy anything. So here's my story. Ed and I met across a crowded dance floor. Uh, I will say very proudly, it was across a crowded dance floor on a Thursday night that I was not the least bit interested in going out. Debbie, you all know Debbie, mm-hmm. was like, come on, come on, go out, go out. I'm like, oh, I have to work on Fridays and you don't. But I went and I said to her, so if I'm going out, I'm going out just like this. I'm going out just like this. And I looked pitiful. I can still remember my outfit. In fact, okay, this is crazy, but um, I can remember my outfit. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, maybe I probably did get rid of them. Um, I guess they're not there. The pair of slacks that I wore, I handed down to my mother when I grew out of them because she was a wispy little thing and loved hand-me-downs. When I was packing up her house, she still had those slacks. Actually, she still wore them quite a bit. And I thought I still had them up here with me. (laughs) But anyway, it was a pretty bad outfit. And I met because I had just taken a sip of my beer and it went down the front of me instead of into my mouth. And I looked up across the dance floor to see if anybody had seen that move. (laughs) And my future husband was looking at me straight across the dance floor. He literally walked right across the dance floor and said, I like that in a girl. And that's how <laughs> I met. I um, love that. I never knew that story. Yeah. Such an Ed thing. Like I can imagine <laughs> <doing> that now. <laughs> it wasn't that I was a good dancer. It was that I missed my mouth with my beer. <laughs> and then wanted to see who might've seen it. And it was him. And then, but the backstory real fast on that one is we, we, you know, we didn't know each other at all. Um, we became, you know, we, we started to date hula hands, but the bottom, there's two funny little things and how our God works in such an amazing way. So, you know, he's asking me all these questions and I had just moved into my apartment and I'm being really careful. I had lived home until then. And so I was being really careful and, you know, not letting this person know too much about me yet. And I guess I gave him enough clues. The bottom line is, is he said to me, I lived in a big old house on Park Avenue, right up the street from our other knitting shop, 224 Park Avenue. And he said to me, I was explaining, I'm like, well, I live in this big old building up on Park Avenue in Swarthmore. And he said to me, my sister lives there. Now this is a converted house with, I think there was eight apartments total. And I pretty much just moved in and I go home And I look at our mailboxes and sure enough, my husband's sister was my neighbor right downstairs, Julie, which was really cool. So that was meant to be. And then our mothers, my mother and his mother, again, we learn this as we keep going, grew up literally right across the street from each other back on Urban Avenue. Remember that story? Um, Yeah, my mother lived, I think, can't remember the house numbers, but Ed's mother was on the corner, one side of the street. My mother was on the other side of the street, the second house up. My mother played with Ed's youngest aunt. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that wild? So yeah. Anyway. Small world. Very there. cool. And we went across a crowded bar. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I right. love it. All right. Is it, am I up? I'm starting to get lost in these stories. I love listening to them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Julie, what has been the biggest thing that you did not expect when you opened the shop? Oh, okay. I I, I do have, yeah, that's something that makes you want to think for a minute, but I would say my spontaneous answer to that was 
I, I thought I'd knit all day long every day while I was at the shop. I had no idea that you really had to work when you were at the knitting shop. I like really didn't put that together. Um, so I think that that was probably my biggest like wake up call was, oh my goodness gracious. Like, I don't have time to knit, I'm working. Um, I think that's it. And you, I wouldn't say, I'm gonna tag into this one too. This was like sort of a surprise too, but I should have known it. I mean, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I'm always was intrigued. I still am always intrigued with the loyalty of our knitting community. And that just ties into a story, which was like so unexpected. But whenever we would have a big snowstorm, you know, all the little stores around us were closing down. Um, the grocery store across the street was closing down. And my husband's calling me, this is before we were in Prospect Park. This is in Swarthmore. And my husband's calling me and like, Kathy, you really need to come home. I'm like, I can't. There's literally a line out the door of people buying yarn and projects because it's snowing and they need something to do. And I was always amazed at like, wow, these people mean business. This is very cool. There you go. I thought you were going to go with the cash register, realizing the night before that you needed a way to collect money. Oh, that's true too. Yes. Where do you put your money in? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> My what? People are going to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Pam wants to know, what is the best way to block knitted squares for an Afghan? Oh, boy. Okay. So I think the best way is if you've got individual knitted squares is first of all, knit all those squares. This is kind of my fast track of this. Um, when you block, you can only block things bigger. You can't make them smaller. So now that you've knit, let's say you knit nine different blocks, measure take the measurements of the biggest block, all right? And then you want to block the other eight squares to the same measurement as the biggest block. And the way to do that is to immerse them into water, squeeze them out and really stretch and pin them out. And I do like to block on, um, pieces, blocking boards, whether they're one piece or whether you're assembling them, I like to block on something that has the grid. So I've got my measurements right there. Mm -hmm. So um, just knit them all, block to the biggest. You may very well find though that the smallest one cannot possibly be blocked to the biggest one. And you might have to either eliminate that or re-knit it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Good wisdom. Um. Do you have a favorite Aaron sweater pattern that you have knitted for men? Carolyn would like to know. Oh, I do have a favorite, but I have not knit it for, <clears throat> excuse me, I have not knit it for a man, but it would certainly be a handsome man Aaron sweater. And my favorite is by Yankee Knitters. And I think it's simply called the Aaron sweater. And they wrote the pattern for child sizing and adult sizing. And they wrote the pattern that it can either be a classic pullover or it can be a cardigan. Now, I, I think the cardigan style in this pattern is more feminine, mm -hmm. but I think for a good Aaron pullover, um, it's the Aaron sweater by Yankee Knitter. And we did a class on that and I have wanted to knit one for me so badly. What I like about it, I'll just mention this on Aaron sweaters. Aaron sweaters, of course, are the traditional 
Celtic knitting, Irish knitting, oftentimes very heavily cabled. I am really cautious, and you know why, about things that are heavily cabled for a variety of reasons. Number one is the weight of it. You're getting super dense, super dense. Um, number two is cables are like ribs. They cinch in. So a cable is going to cinch in and at the same time add volume. So I like to look for a sweater, an iron pattern that's going to balance out texture and cables. Mm -hmm. But it's not all cables. Yeah. And balancing out texture and cables. And that iron sweater, if you girls can remember seeing it, the whole front panel and back panel of it is the Trinity stitch mm -hmm. with just a few cables edging out that design. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's magnificent. John would love for me to knit him a cabled sweater. And if I ever did, I'm not saying that I will do it or ever. I would do that one because it, it is very nice and it looks good on everybody that I've seen it in any pictures. Yeah, it's very flattering. Yeah, super wearable. And I think I think a man would look so handsome in it. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. yep, okay. All right, this question is from Kim and she, I love this, Kim, I love it. Um, what is steaking and why do I need to use it? Is there an alternative? <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious, steaking. Okay, so steaking is where you knit a tube, which has some you know, steps involved in it. It's not that I just knit a tube, but I the project that you're gonna be working on has a tube. It's gonna have uh, sort of like these little runways mm -hmm. and then you cut in between those runways. So steaking is actually cutting your knitting. Why is it used? It's used, um, well, it's used for a couple of different reasons. The, um, the number one reason is if I'm knitting a fair isle sweater and I want it to be a cardigan, I'm just gonna say this, fair isle cardigan patterns, you've gotta be super careful on because the pearl stitch and fair isle technique changes your gauge and it's so hard to get a proper fitting cardigan in fair isle. So what knitters do, the patterns are designed to knit it in the round and then to make it into a cardigan, because I need it to open, I simply cut up and now I have a cardigan. I have a sweater that opens. And that's really the best way to knit a fair isle cardigan. It's also used in, um, not as much, but it is used in some of your Aran knitting as well. Because Aran knitting again is always easier in the round reading your stitches. So that's what it's used for. But um, I will say to you, I, we have done it. We've done it on smaller projects and I thought they were great. We didn't remember originally with a coffee cup uh, holder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was a great way to learn it and experience it. And it, you know, it was rather than taking those cardboard Wawa ones or Starbucks ones to keep your hands you know, comfortable in the hot cup, you bring your own sleeve, cup sleeves. Um, that was a great project to try it on. I would say to anybody before you decide to take on the garment, that requires seeking, try it on a small scale project. Absolutely. I, it's very, um, makes your heart pump a little bit faster when you're oh, yeah. oh, yeah. like you just did, but um, yeah, smaller projects are great for it. All right. I think we have two more questions. Stephanie, do you want to ask? Claire would like to know, will any of the staff be available for private lessons after the shop closes? 
Oh, I love that question. So, um, well, everything is in design. Everything is looking at the future. So we're all working on what are we all going to do in our next steps? Um, and really what I would encourage everybody to do is to stay informed with us up through December 31st is please, please, please never miss an email. Make it a point to look for our emails, open them and read them. That's going to be our number one channel of putting more information out there. And number two is continue to listen to our podcast. As we have uh, more factual information that we can share with you, we'll be revealing that in those two different venues, either emails and or on podcasts. But we're all working on some things and hope to be able to say, yes, those services will be available. And this is how you'll be able to know how to um, take advantage of or that those opportunities. As far as finally the knitting corner, it will not be us doing it. We, we are totally dissolved as of December 31st, but we all have a future. So stay tuned. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Last question. And I, I really like this one. Um, Julie wants to know when you are working full time and decided to leave your, leave your job to open a, a new business, what kind of feedback did you get from family and friends? Oh, wow. Well, um, well, my mother was very excited. She was super excited because, you know, now we were going to have all this time together, best buddies, we'll knit all day long, every day, we'll take turns taking walks. She was super excited. Um, my dad was excited, but he was scared. So this is the little story. So it was I had given my resignation. I was doing this. It was a two-year plan. I don't think we talked about it. And we really did make sure that we had chats about things and what we thought we were getting into and, and how would we get through that. And we had said originally, it'll be a two-year plan for two years. I'm pretty sure we'll never go hungry. And I just have to be able to take um, a week in Cape May every year. As long as we can do that, I'll be fine. I don't need new clothes. I don't need anything. Let's try this. So anyway, gave my resignation and I'm feeling very free. I'm driving home from Schwab. And at that point, I think I was in Radnor and it was, you know, fighting traffic on the blue road and all that kind of stuff. And I got off in Swarthmore and I thought, you know, I'm just going to um, drive through there because my mom and dad oftentimes went to, it was called the village restaurant and they would, you know, always bump into a friend to share a dinner with. It was kind of like the club. And nobody had to make plans. They just showed up there and there was always a friend to enjoy a meal with. Sure enough, I drive by, there's my parents' car. So I park my car in town and I walk into the village restaurant and I see my parents, well, I see my dad sitting in the back and um, he's sitting with his buddy, Mr. Mulva Hill, who he had bumped into and they had dinner together. And I sat down and I said, oh dad, I want to just tell you this. Well, uh, wait, let me back up for a second. When I pulled in to have this conversation, right there in front of me was an empty store right next door to the village restaurant was an empty store for rent. And I was like, there you go. I, I, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. So I walked in and I said to my dad, I'm like, dad, I've resigned. And by the way, the building right next door to this is available for rent. So I'm going to call this and see if I can rent this and open a knitting shop. And he started crying. <laughs> he was crying. And those were not tears of joy. They were tears of fear. And then I said to him, well, where's mom? Where's mom? And, and he said, your mother's in the co-op. <laughs> She's the grocery store. Remember the grocery store there? Yes. Your mother's in the co-op with Mrs. Mulva Hill. So I was like, okay, I gotta go. I'll see you. So I ran out of there and I went to the co-op and I told my mother and I got a much 
more joyful response from her. So it, you know, it was mixed. Um, for Ed and I, it was excitement. For my mother, it was joy. For my dad, it was fear of the security. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know what my colleagues all thought. I, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I think everybody just realized we'll try it. We'll just do our best, and we know what. If it doesn't work, then I will do something else. That was what I said. I'll just do something else. I don't know what I'll do. Right. It'll happen though. <laughs> yeah, and there we are 18 years later going, okay, what if we hadn't done this? My goodness, I can't, I cannot even imagine. So I'm, no. I'm just so grateful. Look at us. Look at us. Look yeah, at we're all knitting friends. <laughs> we are mm -hmm. all knitting friends. We are all, it's a knitting family. So, uh, and that's a topic for next week, you know, as this was in my head and heart a lot today is, you know, talking again about what what was this knitting shop what was this knitting shop what what does it it was always more than a knitting shop so anyway because of everybody who's listening and knitting with us so okay i'm done i'm, I'm done. gonna start crying I'm gonna start <laughs> that was all of our questions thank you again to everybody mm -hmm. who sent us questions thank you to kathy for being on that um the hot in the hot seat for two podcasts now and um to, to stephanie stephanie and natalie too for um you know having fun with us it was a lot of fun except for like i said it's i started getting lost in listening to your stories kathy they're fascinating and then i'd be like oh no i'm up what's my question no i i might have to go back and listen to these two episodes only just because i feel like I was losing track too, Stephanie. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll brave the sound of my voice for these two episodes. Okay. And I'm going to warn you when she start listening to our podcast, you're not going to stop. They are, <laughs> I think they're totally fine and you sound wonderful on them. So it's good to listen. Not, you know, Natalie and I, we like to hear our voices, but yeah. <laughs> I just want to say too, you gals did a great job. Your organization, you're asking those questions. Like we could maybe host um, well, not that we want to go there yet, but we could be like the presidential host um, panel or something like that. We got this. We got this. <laughs> you got Keep this. those people online. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, you got <laughs> this. And the questions were great. So I, I want to thank everybody who sent us questions. They were fantastic. Um, gosh, I'm just going to say when, when it's your turn to retire, here, just put this in your, in your orange notebook or whatever color spiral bound notebook you have. You know, um, this is like so cool to do it like this, that, you know, you put out the request, ask Kathy anything. Mm -hmm. When people start to ask you questions, it really helps you remember so much. So it's been such an honor for me to have you take the time to ask these questions so that I can just really reflect and remember and enjoy all of this. So thank you. Well, it's almost time to wrap it up, but I did want to give a couple of quick updates. And for the first one is the kid of the week this week. Um, it today is the 11th. It's Thursday. Hello. Mm -hmm. um, so starting today until next week or until they're gone, we do have several kits of the week available in our online store and they showcase um, two different yarns. It's the Andorra and the Alegria. Um, and the patterns for those kits are um, the garter stitch mitts, the Artemis cowl, the fresco simple slouchy hat, 
Um, that's all with the Andorra. And then for the Alegria, we've paired that with the Pioneer Gloves pattern, the Sockhead Cal and the Sockhead Slodgy Hat, which is a great combination. If you're looking to get some more Alegria or would like to hit um, knit a hat scarf combo, the Sockhead Cowl and Hat is a, good, is a great one. Um, we will have kits of the week next week as well that will be different. Um, so just keep an eye out. And then the other thing I guess we can chat a little bit about Small Business Saturday is, I don't even know the date. Is it the 27th? Is the 27th? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so Saturday, November 27th is Small Business Saturday. We will be, can I just like put it all out there? Oh yeah. Why not? I, let's please do. Yeah. Cause I think we sent an email already. Um, so for those of you that don't open your emails or listen to our podcast and just like to hear us talk um, <laughs> on Saturday, the 27th, um, we will be hosting an open air yarn market at the knitting shop um, in, in the parking lot of the knitting shop from 9am until I believe two o'clock um, yep. where everything we have in stock will be available for purchase. And the more you buy, the more you save. I'll just put it like that. Um, masks are required for this event. And um, I think that is, that's it. Was there any other specifics that? Bring your own bag, right? Ooh, yes. And bring your own bag too, because it is a like closing sale. We have nothing in the shop. Um, so, and we're all about going green sustainable. So um, all of those sweet bags that we've given you over the years, please bring one so you can shop and, you know, leave with a bag full of items. Um, but that is, I think that's it for our updates, right? I'm not missing anything. I just got one more thing on Small Business Saturday. It is um, in-person only. So the yeah. online store will not be open at all. And also, um, okay, we're just going to say this. You'll be able to walk through the store, walk in the back door, walk out the front door. One more moment, just you know, breathe it in. It's like going to the bookstore, breathe it in and remember where, where you spent a lot of good time. So yeah, yep, yeah. that's it. Awesome. All right. So if you like our show and want to find out more about us, check us out our website while it's still available and our social media pages while they're still up and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and more people can find us. So hopefully you've finished your drink by now because it's time for us to bind off. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.